you are listening to That Big CEO Energy, where we talk all things business, life, marriage, to create an impactful community, teaching you how to lead your life and your business with compassionate strength. It can be scary stepping out from the barriers we still carry while we were once employees and change the narrative to take charge of your business and team. This podcast is a place for you to come to learn to do just that. From personal experiences, interviewing new friends, I hope that you will tune in to listen all that living that big CEO energy can offer you and your business. I'm your host, Callie, entrepreneur and fractional COO. Let's jump in. Listen, owning a small business is exciting. It's also a labor of love. And I think what makes it so exciting is that you get to make your own rules and run it just the way that you had envisioned and always dreamed of. When we consider all the different ways to run a business, the list would be simply exhausted. There's tons of ideas, tons of people that we get our inspiration from, tons of websites, articles, even podcasts. And the best part of owning a small business is it makes you resilient, always adapting, improvising, and overcoming hurdles, taking the small bits and nuggets that we've learned from everybody else and creating something so beautiful. And I think that making mistakes is just a natural part of anything, but especially when you own a small business. Some mistakes truly can be detrimental to your business's health and ultimately the survival of your company. Sure, there are some fundamental things that if you don't set them up properly, you will walk the path quicker than any other mistakes that will get you there. And that's really what we're going to be chatting about today. The first one is all about your your plan, your plan of business. And I'm not just talking about what you have in your head or the plans that you share with others over dinner or even the plans that you share, you know, through your community of social media, but the actual physical business plan. Not having a business plan and trying to run your business without a plan is literally like showing up to a water faucet with no cup. All the ideas are flowing. Everything that you need is coming out, but if you don't have the tool to catch it and sort it out, you may get lucky and end up with some water in your hands, but the chances are that you will waste a lot of time and resources in the process. You need a business plan. Every business does, no matter how big or how small. And I will put a link to the business plans that are available on sba.gov. And those are really two good business plans to get started. If you are more of a complex business or want to set up your business plan in a more complex way, that's available. And then they also have a simple business plan that you can fill out. So whatever suits your needs, they have two available on there. And I highly recommend downloading both of them. and. Even if creating a hybrid out of them works for you, at least then be able to put your eyes on a focus of having a business plan. The second thing that can be really detrimental to your business survival is 
being unclear about who you serve. If you don't know who your market is, how to reach them, then you are setting yourself up for your business to fall into the track of everyone else's. Your business is not like anyone else's. What you serve is distinctly different because, well, it comes and flows through you. So being unclear about how you serve people can give you the impression of being disorganized. To attract the clients that you want to serve, spending some time in identifying what your key offers are. If you have a mission or a vision statement, putting that in a place where you can always see it. If you don't have those, I would highly recommend, even if you're a solopreneur, to create your mission and vision statement because these two things really are the track to you attracting the individuals that you want to attract and being clear on who you serve and what you are serving them. And point three here is assuming that your target audience is everyone. One very common mistake of service providers when they first begin is serving everyone because they need the revenue. Think about it. Have you ever shown up in your business and, and someone has offered you something and it's not something that you really love to do. It's not something that really sets your soul on fire, but the revenue is there. And so you feel obligated to take it because at least it's something right? This is the stuff that I'm talking about. It is also a quick, easy way to become distressed and burned out in your company. And it oftentimes leave you questioning why you started this business. Finding your target audience eliminates the possibility of people being unclear about you and your services, but also allows you to develop a marketing and execution plan that is personal to the target group of people. So when we say the target audience, what do we mean? We mean the people who are waiting for you to be clear about what you serve and they automatically know that they need it, right? So for me specifically, it's women in, in business. It's women who need operations scaled on the back end. It's women that need teams set up and managed, right? That is my target audience. And so while it might not look like an age target audience where, you know, some clothing companies, they do have that sort of target audience. But for service providers, it's more so a target audience of what are they looking for? Do they need the type of service or do they need the e-commerce product that you're selling? Getting together a framework for how you will show up is conducive to you finding your target audience because when you show up as speaking to one person in that target audience, chances are that one person has other people that are like-minded individuals. And so when you go to your social media, when you develop blogs, when you maybe you have a podcast or a YouTube channel, whatever that is, keeping in mind that it's one certain person, allowing those things to be authentic and really what your target audience is after. And sometimes your target audience shifts, right? Sometimes it looks like where you have started in your business and because you have grown and you have found new things that you are 
an expert on and you are putting out into the world, sometimes your target audience shifts and that's okay. But the fourth thing that is super avoidable that a lot of small business owners make is underestimating the power of referrals. Again, if we're coming back and we're talking to the one person, right, the target audience, and we know that Susie, right, is buying buying your product or taking on your service, having a word of mouth for small businesses is the largest way a company grows. And so when you make a connection with Susie, when you are authentic and engaging and and being a part of her success, that then transitions to her shooting it from the mountaintops and whoever is in her circle that also would be your target audience, they will come. But underestimating the power of what a referral can do to you oftentimes sets you in the motion of having to have the bootstraps on your marketing plan 24-7. And that causes burnout. That causes exhaustion. And that is just something that none of us have time for. Am I right? So thinking about referrals, when we don't engage in the referral system, And when we don't give back to those who love our services, we are actually doing ourselves a disservice. But more so, we're doing them a disservice because part of being a small business is creating relationships and creating authenticity. And so when you create a relationship with the individuals, even if they are done with your service, right, they will go and when they find someone that is in the path or maybe the starting point when where they were, they are more inclined to say, hey, I know Callie, she does amazing work. And so I am happy to give you a referral because I walked through her program or I had her do X, Y, and Z for me and it turned out phenomenal. And I really want you to be set up for success. And so that person then comes to you and says, Callie, I talked with Susie and I think you're a really good fit And can we have more conversation about this? Having other folks who are the bootstraps because they have had a quality experience for you, bar none, is the highest recommendation that you could ever receive. And so the fifth thing here that is super avoidable that a lot of small business owners make is refusing to raise prices with no extras. I will reference my last podcast episode that I did, Raising Your Worth Through Raising Your Prices. And I'm just going to go ahead and beat this dead horse. You don't need an excuse to raise your prices. Let me say that again for you. And I want you to write it down this time. I want you to say, I don't need an excuse to raise my prices. You don't need an excuse to raise your prices. There, I said it. If you are the type that needs permission, here it is. And yes, I am shouting. (laughs) If you need encouragement on how to raise your worth by raising your prices, go check out the podcast episode. But it is imperative, imperative that we as women as small business owners, understand that we get to 
raise our prices just like everyone else. And whether it's economic factors, whether it's simply because we want to give ourselves a pay raise, whether that's us finding out that we are the low end of the market and we no longer are settling for that, any time is a good time to raise your prices, right? Write this down. Any time is a good time to raise your prices. That's it. No extras, no time on the clock, no waiting for this sale, no waiting for whatever sale. Any time is a good time to raise your prices. And the final avoidable mistake that small businesses make is ignoring the competition. And this is also directly related to number five, right? Because if you aren't out figuring out what your competition is doing, what they are including in their services or in their shop to be able to benefit off of a pay raise, you come up short. Your business is different because you are different, but there is also a lot that you can learn from those who are in the same level of service as you. But, but approaching your research with the SWOT analysis, which I will link that episode on where we talked about that, allows the SWOT analysis really allows you to see where exactly you can learn and differentiate. So, what I mean by that is strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, right? So if you go through maybe your biggest competitor and you sort of do a SWOT analysis that is comparison to yours, what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses that you can see? Where are the opportunities maybe that you would imply that they need to look at? And what are the threats from their side maybe that you could tell? But on the same side, For you, stepping into and acknowledging your competition with the lens of a learning purpose and not replicating is important to always keep your unique approach in your business. This is done by first affirming that you will only use them as a research aspect and not duplicate them. That's where a lot of small businesses get into trouble because they find someone who is in their quote unquote niche, they replicate, and the authenticity is lost. So then, sure, some people might grasp on it in the beginning, but when they discover that you are just like everyone else, your traction gets lost. So, When we talk about doing a SWOT analysis, it has to be two-part. One is doing it for yourself, but then the other part is doing it for your competition so that you can really understand from a learning lens what they have going on there. I hope this really makes sense. So taking these six things into consideration when you are building your business, you will always function without the rose-colored glasses. And instead, you'll be able to harness the power of being a thought leader in your service area. And it really allows the personal growth and business growth beyond what we are as business owners that we get into our heads about. When we look beyond and we take ourselves out of the immediate situation and spread it to the 500 or the 1,000-foot lens and say, what really am I looking at here? right? Walking it from the top down. Do I have a business plan? 
even if your business plan changes from day one to month six, you still within that six months made a really good plan. And now it's just evolving and now it's just growing. But that is the very base layer. And so then when you move into being really, really clear about who you serve and who your target audience is and what you serve them allows you to be able to do meaningful work that is good for your soul. It's everything you left corporate to do. And then those people that come and are in your circle and are getting fed from you refer you out to other people that they know because they've developed the know, like, and trust factor from you. And so within that, then, when you have sort of those four fundamental things, you are allowed then that as your business grows, as you grow as a person, as you get more things in your tool belt, you can raise your prices. And I'm going to say this again, you don't need an excuse to raise your prices. But you won't be able to to raise your prices if you aren't also looking at the competition. And when you ignore the competition, it really puts you in your own bubble that, yes, while you are unique and your service that you provide is unique and your target audience is unique, you will always have competition in those areas. And allowing yourself to be inspired by them and approaching them with a research aspect rather than a duplication aspect really allows you to holistically prepare your business to scale. So I hope this is that this was helpful. I hope that having this target for truly easy, avoidable mistakes that every business owner makes, having them on the front of your brain allows you to begin to understand how you can position you and your business to not only be different, but also be able to continue to scale by looking at that 500,000 foot view lens. And if you are having a hard time understanding what that could look like or who your target audience is or how to be clear about what you serve and where to start with the business plan, please send me a message over on Instagram. I'm happy to walk through that with you. No concessions, just a friend helping you out. So if that's something that you need, please let me know. And please remember, you are stronger than you think. Thanks for listening to That Big CEO Energy. If you heard something today that helped you, I would love it if you would leave a review and share it with your friends. This helps more people like you become inspired just like you are. If you would like to learn more about how I can help you streamline and position your business for growth or lead your business as a CEO, feel free to jump into the show notes with all of the links to find me. And don't forget to head over to Instagram so we can be pals.